I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We've just been having a conversation about London with JoJo. Mm -hmm. Um, You've lived in London for 26 years. Obviously, an Edinburgh girl through and through. Is there anything that would bring you back to live in Edinburgh? Um, God, I, I think about it all the time. Do you? I work, I've got so much yeah. work down here at the moment. And everyone's like, oh, but you can just get a train up and down, up and down. But at the moment, I'm going from here. Like this week, I've got Manchester, Bristol, Brighton, mm-hmm. back to London. And that's just like, and that tires me out. And that's only like a couple of hours each way. And I just think, do you know what? I'd love to, do you know what, I think about it eventually. I've had too much going on, you know, with COVID and my dad's passing away and then I lost the cat last week and I'm just a bit like... (laughs) So, yes, I would come home, but not yet. And certainly not on the Lumo train because it's a disaster. Is it? Oh, it's literally cattle class and there's no luggage space and because it's so cheap, everybody's on it. I've never heard of it. It's 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 basically easy jet, but on the rails. Yeah. And a, f- a friend of mine who's up this week, she came up on it, and apparently if your bag is bigger than, like, a cabin bag on the yeah. plane, um, that you get charged for a big suitcase. Yeah, and there's, and there's no, no buffet protect. car. No, it's, it's horrific, um, and I'll never do it You know what, that's what's happening anyway on the trains, because I'm up and down all the time. I'm coming back up to Edinburgh in a few weeks' time, and I had paid full price for a ticket, got a seat and everything, and there was an old man sitting in my seat, so I didn't want to say anything. Um. And the whole train was packed, so I had to sit outside the toilet. You know where they've got that seat? I was just like the toilet operator, and then we were stuck for seven and a half hours. It cost me about 180 quid or something. Wow. What what made you think you couldn't because of his age? Because but he was in your seat if you'd yeah, I know, but I can't do that. I can't That's ask someone. Very British sensibility, isn't it? Well, I think it's more Scottish. Yeah, maybe. I think we're quite polite, and I was just like, oh no, he's in the wrong place. Oh, what do I do? And I just thought, okay, you'll get off in a minute. You'll get off at the next one. But you'll no. get off. <laughs> no, he was going to Aberdeen, so yeah. Ah, he's probably on his way to see steps. <laughs> yeah, probably. Who knows? <laughs> Gail, yeah. the, the reason we decided to do this podcast was to kind of enhance our own honesty and hopefully the honesty of others around us. And you recently did, well, in the past, was it 2019? You had an incredibly frank and honest documentary that you did for BBC Scotland. What was your motivation by doing that? Because you were nothing if but not nakedly candid. I mean, that must... Did you have many thoughts beforehand, worrying about it or whatever? I mean, it was brilliant. 
I didn't have many thoughts beforehand, to be honest. I think it was kind of like, I think they, BBC Scott, Terran Television, I think they contacted me. We'd sort of been, I don't know how it exactly came about. And then it all came together. And then they said, we'll be filming with you for six months about your life. And I thought, oh, right. And I thought, don't think about it. Because mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more I'll cry. And I'm going to cry anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, just get on with it. Just get on with it. And, you know. It was just bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre. It was kind of like I went to, I think, five different doctors and I had five different diagnoses about mental health. Wow. And, you know, they only met me for 15 minutes. Don't even know them. They're just reading lists from other doctors and going, oh, yeah, you've got this. Oh, no, actually, she's got this. No, she's got this. Oh, no, she's completely fine, actually. And you just think, wow, I just don't want, don't don't give me a label, please. Mm -hmm. I don't want one. But it was interesting. But, you know, it was weird because I got to see my dad and my dad passed away just at the beginning of COVID. So, um, yeah, but saw him, got to go home. And it was quite tricky to, um, I think the poor director kind of had to put up with quite a lot to do with me because she'd take me to, like, my mum's house. My mum's passed away as well. And it's just like, she's going, right, I'm, I'm crying my eyes actually. We'll just do that again, can we? And I was wow. like, are you joking me? And um, I'm not really one to grump, but I was just thinking, you know, this is really personal. And none of you, you're tre- I understand that you're making it into a great yeah. programme, you know, structurally. But for me... I was just thinking, this is quite a lot to sort of go go through. And it's not like I could go to my mum's and ask for a cuddle or, you know, go see my dad because he was living, well, he came back for a couple of days and then he was back off to Spain. So it was just very raw emotion. and Well, it yeah. is that juxtaposition, isn't it, between, you know, a production company wanting to get a creative journey and it being an emotional journey for you. Because, yeah. I mean, I've done lots of different telly programmes in my time. So, you know, you do Top of the Pops, you know that you're going to have to stand on a box because you're a wee bit too short to see over the children. And then <laughs> and that's a true story. And then you have to just kind of like, you've got your script, you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. this is this, it's all laid out for you. But then suddenly you've been given a project and they're going, this is all about your life and your mental health. And you think, yeah, I can do that. And it's not so you start filming, you think, oh, this is really, it's like being in a therapist for six months. Yeah. Without yeah. A break, apart from at nighttime when you go to bed. And you don't have a script. You just have that emotional reaction, which you can't control. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, that, it was tricky, but don't get me wrong. It was gr- great team, great crew, great everything. I was just an emotional wreck. So um, it was quite good to get it finished. Do you regret it? No, not in the scientist no. got a bath over there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a bath for anything else. I may as well get a bath for getting a bit off the wall. <laughs> and then what was the response to it? Did you, do you mean because we live in this social media world now and so everybody has an opinion? Of course they do. So what was the. It was just overwhelming. I mean, I did not get one single negative comment unless it just didn't pop up. I couldn't even read all the comments. Amazing. Well, Thing. and it was it but the only problem was well, it's not a problem because it's lovely but i get lots of you know lots and lots of words from certain people going how do i fix this i'm not mm-hmm. i thought i'm not a therapist mm-hmm. i'm just telling you my story and i you know and i felt really bad because i think I'm, it's really nice i love it when people chat to me i get people chat to me a lot in london you that's about hair or mental health or depression or sometimes just nice things that make you smile (laughs) and I don't mind that at all but I can't give anybody any advice because I'm not qualified but I think people do that don't they if they see somebody sticking their head above the parapet and and everybody's looking for answers and so if they look at you and go oh you know looks like Gail's really got a handle on it knows what she's doing that you know that yeah look to you for help yeah I think you know it's not it's 
it's, it's nice to find other people that have gone through similar things as you because you don't feel so isolated because, mm. you know, my ear fell out. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm the only one. You know, my mum's hair fell out through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I felt that I was being very... Um, selfish by worrying about mine because you know mine was just alopecia but still just alopecia i love that just alopecia just alopecia that's how i treat it now i think it's just alopecia until some of the kids up the road and they don't even bother with me now i was like don't you dare i'm scottish (laughs) don't say anything mean i was like yeah don't Absolutely. Because you've mentioned hair and like I know as a guy, I'm very attached to my hair and, you know, I like going and getting it cut and all that kind of stuff and products and hairspray and whatever. When that happened, because not only were you known as being a really good television presenter, but you were known as a sex symbol, for want of a better phrase so when well, things start you were, i don't know i mean i never, obviously never saw it i was just yeah. well i remember actually living in the west end of edinburgh and being in a shop and you were on the sun and it was your parliament um, the houses of parliament yeah. thing and i remember the, these guys and they were pretty he was like oh fucking look at her and oh she's begging for it and i, I was what? i think i was off my head on like half an e trying to buy a chunky kit kat right <laughs> and i went begging for what it's a picture of a woman like shut your puss because obviously the dundonian oh, came out and we weird thing about that conversation you wanted to eat a kit kat exactly exactly <laughs> well it had been i'd been at taste the night before it was a monday i was trying to bring myself down with sugar but <laughs> being revered for your looks and all that kind of stuff how did you then transition into the person that you are in now i think because um i never saw myself as that person you know obviously right. i did I did everything else. My my happy time was like doing top of the pops. I've always been up and down, and you know, in front of the camera, you could be as happy as you like. Mm-hmm. Outside the camera, you just think, oh my god, looks treat you like this. Did it? I'm just having a bit of fun. Don't treat me like. But you know, I was part of that whole '90s thing. You got caught up in it. It was quite exciting, and then suddenly you sort of feel like you've dug yourself into a bit of a hole because mm-hmm. people, not everybody, but mostly, yeah. you know daft blokes we did just look at you way boobs and hair and you're like yeah um but um no because my hair fell out so quickly i was was like four weeks i was had a head of hair and then within four weeks i had nothing and i was filming in america and i just I, i didn't have time to even comprehend what was going on and i'd left honey my daughter with her dad my ex husband when i was filming in in america and i had to phone up and say you're gonna to have to tell her mommy's coming home and she's completely bald. And he's like, You're joking. I went, that's not I can come up with something funnier than that. I mean I'm sorry. I'm not just going, no, that's And so I cried the whole way home on um it was a virgin flight because I remember because all the girls and guys that were working there were so lovely mm-hmm. and were just chatting to me and trying to calm me down. Because I was I was more worried, I didn't care what the whole world you know, what anyone thought about me in the street or what the papers were gonna say. I was just thinking, if I get home and my little girl doesn't recognise me. Or he frightens her, or do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, just the unusualness. I tried the whole way home, and then when I got there, she just looked at me, she's like, rock and roll. Wow. And that was it, and I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. And did you ever go for wigs or things like that? I did once when I was on a TV programme because I, I was just showing people what you can get. I was working with this wig company because a lot of people say, oh, I don't know where to get wigs. And I said, so I wore it, and I couldn't, it was quite nice to have it on for what, half an hour that I was on the thing and then I went for a walk in it and it was quite nice to you swing my head around <laughs> a bit and that, because I still sometimes do that and I forget I'm bald and I do the flick of the hair it just looks like I've got a twitch so <laughs> <laughs> you know I always say oh my god I'm still single and I'm 51 and uh, 
I always think, oh God, maybe, you know, it's the way that I look and my mates are, maybe it's the way you keep flicking your hair and you haven't got any. <laughs> not only are you bald, but then you're, you've got a twitch going on all the time. But um, yeah, so I went completely off, off kilter there. Are you 51 and single and happy with that? Or would you like to meet not really? someone? Really? No, well, do you know what? I, I, I get lonely here. Mm. Uh, and obviously, since the cat's gone, it's unbelievable. It's only been a week, and I still am like shouting on her. I'm like, mm -hmm. so um, now, do you know what? It's just quite nice to go out, but you know, I'm going out today and I'm going to see my friends in town, so that's nice. This is the first time I've actually gone out without having to work. Um, so I've got one bit of work this afternoon, and then a couple of friends from Edinburgh are in town. Charlie? No, Charlie. No, no, no Charlie. Because we I have a friend Charlie's in common. Friend, okay. By the way, after he's been talking about ease, Charlie is a friend. Yes, I was just oh, going to yes, say. Sorry about that. We're, suddenly, we've got a code word <laughs> Can going on. Can we move on. away from the ecstasy? It was a long time ago. I'm a respectable <laughs> woman now. <laughs> no, Charlie's not coming down. Um, I think my friend Tony's in town, and I think somebody else is in town. And I've actually got from about three o'clock or something. I'm free after I do a voiceover, so that's good. And then I'm. Working all day tomorrow because we've got a new Spook Scotland program coming out on Discovery Plus oh. and really so that's going to be quite funny. So we went round Scotland to all the haunted houses and castles and did history during the day oh. and then waited for the ghosts to come out at night. And did any of them come out? Well, there was kind of weird things happened, but we had experts there. So I was the one that was always bursting into tears, but they were putting me into like rooms <laughs> on my own. They're going, in this room, Bonnie Prince Charlie slept. And then they went, this is the most haunted room in the castle. Gail, it's yours. And then they go away. And I was like, hang on a minute, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I'm on my own with a camera holding like this. And I was just, oh yeah, there was a lot of tears for me. <laughs> I and love that you cry so much, and because oh, I think it's good. Yeah, my kids always take the piss out of me because I mean, I I mean, I literally will burst into tears at an advert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Adverts make me cry. Mm -hmm. Coronation Street shouldn't even be watching it. Um, Goggle Box makes me cry. In fact, one of the guys from Goggle Box just added me on his Instagram, and he's like, "Oh, I really think you're a great inspiration." I was like, oh, "It's someone from Goggle Box." <laughs> I cried at the end of the snooker on Monday. Really? When Ronnie O'Sullivan win, yeah, I was Why in flood of tears. Hmm? Or are you pleased it was over? No. <laughs> I'm a big snooker fan, I love it. Yeah, but Ronnie O'Sullivan won seventh title and I got carried away. I, I don't know weeping. who these people are and yeah, I wish I, them very well. I only do it if I'm in one of those snooker halls and you, you know when you're just like, you've had too much to drink and you go, I can do that. <laughs> oh, I can play, uh, can play pool when I'm pissed, I can't do it when I'm sober. Wow. It's right. one of the skill sets, like driving. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so have you... <laughs> we'll move on. Um, what I was going to say, Gail, have you done any more acting? Because the first time that I met you was um, over at the Hallian Club. Remember the private members club in Edinburgh? Oh, I remember and that. It was after the vagina monologues that you were in with Michelle McManus, Camden Barr, Kay Adams, and then I didn't interview you for Talk 107. <laughs> But I know that you're busy with presenting and stuff. Is acting something that you have pursued more or? No, I'm not really. I mean, I'd love to because it was so much fun and it's nice having somebody else's words to mm -hmm. talk. Yeah. You know, today. And Karen Dunbar is just one of the nicest people in the world ever. I love her to bits. So she was a good help to me because I was extremely nervous. And um, 
yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised because I thought my, you know, the vagina monologues and I've got my male friends to come as well. And I mm. thought they're going to hate it. And they loved it. They really enjoyed it. Mm. And I forgot the name of that place because we were just all invited over to yeah. it. Is that still exist in Edinburgh? No, no, no. It became a low rent steakhouse and then it became it something else. Ego it's, it's, or something. And it was well, going back of... to the drug chat. Yes, yes, it was a disco. Yeah. Um, Karen Dunbar, funnily enough, was our first guest on our podcast. Yes, she was actually. Yeah. Yes. She she she's doing a play up north, isn't she? No. She was doing a play up in a pint, was she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think she's resurrecting a DJing career. Yes, she's all for that, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you spun the wheels of steel in your time, Gail? Have you been a bit of a DJ? <laughs> here but i tend to like if i go to somewhere i just get somebody else to line everything up i just press the buttons oh well that's, <laughs> that's, that's a, going back to spooky scotland are you a believer in other activity other beings other life forms well i went in as a skeptic uh -huh. and i did, I did a, a program with chris fleming called dead famous so chris fleming's an american psychic we did it together 15 years ago and they brought him back to work with me on Spook Scotland. So funny. He's so funny, funny, funny because he's a complete believer. You know, he, that's his whole life. Mm -hmm. His whole life is, is, is the supernatural. Whereas me, I kind of like, there was, there was days I thought, right, there's definitely something here. I haven't seen anything, but I'm really uncomfortable and I want to get out of here. And since I came home, I must admit, Things have been, I've noticed things happening, like my door opened last night that the cat usually pushes, pushes open and all my windows were closed and I was freaking out. And then there was a wee tiny spider on the ceiling. I could watch him crawling. I don't mind beasties, it's no problem. But right above my forehead, it's like his wee web was coming down and it was just coming straight for me. And I thought, well, you could have come down anywhere. Yeah. Why are you coming down straight like that? So I managed to get the web and then take him outside because you don't kill spiders. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that was the weirdest thing. So I do think there's, I feel like sometimes things are around. I can't explain it. Uh -huh. He kept asking me to, you know, um, explain things on the programme. And I was like, I'm not an expert. I don't know. Another, another crying day. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the spider interaction, that's very Robert the Bruce, isn't mm -hmm. it? So maybe that's someone trying to send you, you know, power and, 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 and confidence to go on. And you know as well, when I went into one of the rooms when I, we were in... Uh, Bacaldin Castle right. and then the woman I said I said oh my god I've just walked through a spider web she went there's no spider web skill <gasps> and I walked around and I was like she said that's another thing that they do that spirit she was a big believer mm -hmm. she went they touch your head if they want to and obviously I'm oh. an easy target yeah. See, I'm I I swing between being incredibly cynical and and a huge believer because I think because I want to believe there is something, even though yeah, logically logically I kind of intelligently talk myself out of it. But I do want to believe there is something because I can't believe that there isn't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, exactly. And do you know what? We were working with, um, there's Evelyn Hollow, and she's a parapsychologist. And she, you know, she'd be like, talk us through everything scientifically mm-hmm. so um she was amazing and i really enjoyed her being there chris just believes in everything so that's quite difficult sometimes yes just, you, you know come on and then we had uh, another guy that does uh, ryan who came along with all the equipment and he then he talked you through why this machine was going off at a certain point why this was room was going hot then cold and then hot so it was quite nice to have that dynamic of different people so me crying uh, Evelyn being really sensible, Ryan doing all the equipment stuff, and, and Chris just believing in everything. Mm. So that's a really nice dynamic then from so yeah, many different it, points it, of view. It, you know what? They just showed me the first one, and oh my God, because there was a few times I was like, F, you F in this, F, and I thought they're going to have to block it out because it's going out worldwide and they're going out in America. They don't like the swearing, do mm-hmm. they? No. And, or fun. <laughs> and they kept it in. And I was like, you have to take that out. And they were like, no, no, it's going to be great in the UK, but I think we might have to take it out for America. But literally, I just went, you know, when you just have that proper fear and it suddenly goes, no, F, you, F is, I'm going to get an F and proper job. F and why? But it's. it's... <laughs> You know, when you do it, you think you know, you're, you're filming what 12, 13 hours a day. Yeah. Do you think, and you're, you're doing so many days a week, you yeah. just think, well, cut that out, no problem, yeah. no yeah. problem. Let's like, keep it in. I look like a mad person. <laughs> well, a madder person. So. Here's a question that you just said there I'm going to get a proper job. If you did have to get a proper job, what proper job would you get? I'd be a nurse. Oh, would you? I would, yeah. I did um I did this program many years ago called So You Think You Can Nurse. And so there was So You Think You Can Teach, I think it was on Channel Four or Channel Five. And um there was me, Janet Street Porter and Sean Hughes Rescue Song. Oh, yeah. So um we all went in and we all got um we all got sort of in, taken around for a week, got initiated, so we did all little bits of different departments. So, you know, whether it was pediatrics or yeah accident emergency did it so we all had a wee bit time in each department and then at the end of the week the head nurse or uh, we'd come down and she'd say right so the documentary is going to be janet you're going to be maternity because she doesn't like babies uh-huh. so they were picking, and then they went um, sean you're going to be in uh the where was he 
pediatrics because he doesn't like kids either and they went gail you're going to be an a and e and i was like it's because i cry all the time it's because i cry all the time so um but i loved every second of it i loved and i've got my auxiliary badge because i passed so i can clean up shit and everything (laughs) but i loved every second of it i loved everything i didn't mind people being sick on me I didn't mind any of it whatsoever and it was so grounding and you worked so hard and they worked so hard for so little and it was just one of the best experiences of my life. I loved an A&E because I just, they were very kind to me because they said, right, we've got a guy coming in who's just had a cardiac arrest. He's not going to make it. Do you want to come in and be with us? And then I was like, yeah, I can do this. I could be there. And I did and I cleaned up everything afterwards after the end of it and I kept speaking to the body and I was like, I'm so sorry. And, uh, but it was an amazing learning curve to see how hard these people work. Absolutely. And to be at the core face of, you know, humanity, yeah. if you like, isn't it? It's kind of where it all kind of make or so break. Much. So, yeah, I would do that in a second. I would even just go in and clean, to be honest. I love cleaning. Oh, do you? <laughs> Do you, do you come round to your flat when well, I, I was going to say I've had to sack my cleaner because she steals. It's my mum, but I am I am in the market for a new one. Oh, she's a thieving boot, honestly. She really, really is. But if you're up for it, yes, I'll. Yeah, and I won't put you on the Lumo train. I'll put you on the no. good one, the LNER. Yes. Where does that go from? King's um, Cross. Yeah, the, the Lumo. Is it a type thing, but shit. No, no, no. It's it's a blue train. It's a real thing. It's yeah. not like an apparition or a, a you know a hallucination. But it's the weirdest thing. It goes from King's Cross uh-huh. to Bethlehem. No, to um, <laughs> Newcastle and Morpeth, and then Edinburgh. Those mm. are the only. But Newcastle, Morpeth, the next day. It's weird. It's a weird stoppage. So I it's very quick. Like the, the sleeper thing as well. <gasps> oh, I love the sleeper. I hate the sleeper. Yes, I had a very bad experience on the sleeper that involved the police latterly, as you very well know. Yes, that's oh, true. What did you do? Right, so what, <laughs> what I did was do, I did a gig, and it was a gig in the bar car, and I'd gone on, I'd been my usual charming self. Someone who shall remain nameless, think small, um, had passed, and there was these kind of trainee lawyers in who then tried to say to the police that um, I was being a homophobe, I know, me, sustained and aggravated homophobic abuse, and they tried to um, get the British Transport Police to arrest me under Section 5 Public Order, whatever, and it was on the sleeper, and people's stories had changed, and it really just put me off the, the service at all. I mean, A, I'm, I'm a big woman, I don't like sleeping on an ironing board, <laughs> I hate they get out and they're like, go, go, there's your porridge, go, do one, do one, go off! And you're like, right, okay, going to calm down. Um, but no, I will never go on that service again. I wish them nothing but harm. Okay, well, I'm glad we've cleared yeah, that up. <laughs> you know, but um, no, because I was simply trying it because the last time I tried it was when I was a, uh, a student and I was going home to Edinburgh and it was quite cheap at the time. But then you had to had bunk beds and you were sharing with a stranger. stranger. I know. Which and is... I still think that's extraordinary in this day and age. I was just a bloke and I was like 19 years old or something and I did not feel comfortable. No. It's like a tiny room mm-hmm. and you just think, it's not, it's not normal. Exactly. Here with folk. You are? Well, yeah, this yeah. is the thing. So it's fine. But a lot of homos, single homos, I know, like sharing with strange men because I think they chance their arm. But it's not for well, everyone. I like sharing it when I was 19. Probably share with anyone now, to well, be honest. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd like it because you'd only have like a hobnob for protection. No, I think it's absolutely mad. Sometimes when I look at accommodation, if I'm nipping down to London and I can't stay with friends for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, I'll try and get a cheap hotel. And quite often there's these hostels that are. Uh, have a 
advertised, and they're cheap as hell. They're eight pound a night. Yeah, there's a reason. But, it, but it's a mixed dormitory. Who on earth would go and stay in a mixed dormitory? I'm coming up in June to Edinburgh, and um, yeah, I was trying to get a hotel in Edinburgh, and in June, oh my gosh. I like everything was mixed hostels. That was quite, you know, I could afford that. But then the other things was like four hundred and something odd quid for two nights in a yeah. in like an apex or something yeah. out in miles away from where I'm working. So I actually got four nights in Glasgow for the same as two nights in Edinburgh. So I'm just going to have to be going backwards and forwards on the train. But you do Wait, wonder what? with hotel prices, like who? I mean, I think even if I had, you know, money was no object, I still would couldn't bring myself to pay. To, Pay 600 quid or no, 400 quid for a hotel to sleep in a bed. If I was going to have really, you know, if it was a holiday and you were going to be sitting outside mm -hmm. and room and yeah, but if I just want somewhere to keep and then go see my mates. No, no. I, I'd watch that documentary, but I watched Sorry. the documentary about the Balmoral and they've got suites at six grand a night. And I thought, if it's good enough for Beyonce, it's good enough for Bunty. I'm totally there. Six grand for a night. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself, even the most luxurious, fantastic experience hotels, I could not bring myself to £6,000 a night. No. Yeah, you got a chef. Oh, I don't care. You know the one on the Scotsman, the very top, that's got uh -huh. like the sauna and everything. For whatever reason, I was going up, this is quite a wee while ago, and they said, it's empty. Do you want it? Yes. Well, how much is it? And they were like, you can have it for free. And it wasn't, wasn't even like Instagram-y. They were like, nothing, just have it. Um, as a friend of Edinburgh, and oh my God, it was so, yeah. I got up in the morning, couldn't find the sauna, didn't know which route, which floor it was on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really posh. And I was four of my mates going, do you want to come over and play chess? They went, yeah, well, you can't play chess. I went, <laughs> get in the chess set here, who cares? <laughs> we can learn in the morning. <laughs> Because I was trying to book for June, and then when I tried to book for August to come up for the festival, oh. forget it. Oh no, absolutely. I can't, I can't, I can't it. And this it's is just... I have a, a an issue with the council or the government or whoever. There must be some way of regulating rents during August that people should not it's be like, allowed to charge over a certain amount of what their mortgage is. It's like triple the price. Yeah, no, it's obscene. I was looking at maybe coming up for four days and then I looked at the prices and I was like, oh, forget it. And two, I think two days plus my train up, plus everything else, it was going to cost me a grand. Yeah, and I was like, I love my hometown and I love the festival, but then once you get there, you're going to have to be paying for everything else mm -hmm. and everything else, your food and shows. Yeah. yeah. Well, you never know, pay for a show, Gail. I mean, you're a celebrity. Just get them told. <laughs> Guest list. Now. <laughs> you shouldn't actually go and see shows. It's a waste of time. Yeah, no, just just That's meet me and support, we'll go for a drink. Supportive <laughs> Bunty. Absolutely, I'll meet, I'll meet you at the Ivy. Now I'm yeah. going to ask an in, might be an inappropriate question or an insensitive question. You saying that your cat has died? How long yeah. had you had your cat? Um, we couldn't figure it out because you know, 14 or 15 years, and she was totally fine. And she was at the top of the stairs looking at me. She went to the bathroom and then she kind of went to the middle stair and then she just went solid. Oh my was God, so really quick. I don't know if it was like a heart attack or Aww. not eating any different food. She's an indoor cat, uh -huh. so she's not, nothing's happened outside. And yeah, I still can't go over it. And I just phoned my friends and they came over. It was, it was about 10 o'clock at night or something. And then I kept her in the house the next day and I thought I was so heartbroken. And my daughter phoning up at uni and she's like, oh, I just get a new one. 
Oh no. Best buddy for like 15 years, 14, 15 years. I can't just go and get another one. I said, is that what you're going to do when I die? Just get another one. <laughs> get another one. Like that. Hey, everyone. Although if there is a passage of time, would you think of, consider getting another pet? Oh my God, I've been Googling cats since last night. Oh. <laughs> so you are going to get a new one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, to t- I'm going to take a wee while off, obviously. Mm. So, um, because, you know, Pickles was used to be going away and, and my neighbours could pop in and make sure she was fine. She liked her own space. Mm. I think if I got a new kitten now, I'd have to make sure I'm at home yeah. for at least a couple of months and get her settled in and get everything. Because I'd love a dog, but I don't have a garden and I think that's really unkind. And time-consuming. You, I mean, yeah. I don't want to speak ill because Smidgen is in the room with us. Well, she is, but... Yeah, you no, didn't consider her after. everywhere. But she's got a tiny dog. She's got a chihuahua, and she takes it everywhere. Yeah, I've got a jackadoodle. I mean, what's she now? Sixteen and a half, so she's like one hundred and fifteen. And I don't have a garden. Got a big terrace, but that is the thing that you know when the dog's got the skitters, or that you're up and down in the left seven flights yeah. and all that kind of thing. So, I yeah, she was never unwell. She never complained. She'd sit on the windowsill and she'd talk to the birds. <laughs> <laughs> and, they look at me and, like, and I did like to, I bought her a lead and took her outside and she did not like it. She's no. She was quite happy in here. So, you know, I gave her, I gave her the option. <laughs> You've done all you can. I did all I can. And it was, just, it was just the weirdest, strangest experience. She was fine. And then nothing. Like, nothing. There was nothing at all. So it just took me by surprise. And I thought, big connect. It was like, <laughs> felt like it was my, my dad did it as well. He was like, he's in Spain, phones me in the morning, totally fine, going for a coffee, get the next phone from his phone, just a woman saying he's just had a massive brain hemorrhage, he's dead. You need oh. to get over here. It was a week before, week before lockdown of COVID and I was in Edinburgh doing a gig. So I had to get back to London, get a flight to Spain, but of course they would up the prices because of COVID and oh. everyone's trying to get back and oh my God, trying to get there. I don't speak Spanish on my own, getting his body, getting him cremated. We missed the first two flights back because the people who were creating him, oh, mañana. And I was like, mañana, I'll have to stay here <laughs> for probably a year. <laughs> we're going to lockdown. I need to get him now, now. So I think the first flight was about 200 quid, one way to get out. Second one was about 400 something. Last flight out, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but they charged me 1,000 something one way. Cause it was I the last hate flight. Tell us jet. exactly who they are. That's unbelievable. <laughs> And Psychic the good thing moment. was, sitting at the back, right, and I had my dad in this bag that said happy, right, so oh. he's in his box and everything, I thought, I don't want to draw attention, keep him, you know, keep it quiet and all that, so I'm sitting at the back, and there's a guy sitting next to me, and I was just keeping myself to myself, and this lovely ear hostess came up, and she's like, are you Gail Potter? And I was like, well, and I was thinking, I was not, not today. I was trying to keep it together, you know, I was like, the tears were done, everything, I was just like, my dad's in this, and oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be bankrupt after this entire blinking thing. So anyway, and she was like, oh, yeah, but you were on a flight with us and you were really nice. And there was turbulence. You were chatting to everybody. We've got two seats in first class. Do you want to come up? And I went, oh, my God, there's two of us. And the guy next to me, he was like, no, I'm not with I'm not with you. And I went, no, that's my dad. I mean, well, when I say it's my dad, everyone's like, ah, what the f- <laughs> this lady was like, I wish I'd never asked. And the guy next to me was going, please just take the seats. Take the seats. <laughs> oh my God. I remember carrying um, a friend of mine. We, we scattered his ashes in Jamaica. Uh-huh. But it honestly felt like we were doing, we were smuggling drugs <laughs> in because he was in a plastic <laughs> container. 
think it was in this happy bag in a big box like that. And everyone just like, and then when the lady came up to me, then I put my dad in the seat and strapped him in. He's never done first class before. So um, <laughs> they said to him, would you like a glass of wine? Or would you like two? And I went, Dad, I said, you'll take two. We'll take two, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. So we had two glasses of wine. Well, I had two glasses of wine. You'd not do. I think that's very wise. I've always told my niece and nephew that if you ever get offered a free drink, you take it. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Even if you don't want it, or free food, take it. And then yes. You give it to yeah. But also sending them off in style, first yeah. class. But then he was in the house because it was lockdown by the time I got back. Well, the, I got back, I think, the day or two days before lockdown. Uh-huh them in the front room and then eventually when all the bills were coming in and all the legal stuff I had to do and of course nobody's answering the phone because it's a lockdown apparently you can't work from home at the beginning of it so I was sitting dealing with all this stuff on my own I had to put them in the spare bedroom every now and then I was going dad it's really nice having you here but I'm really not talking to you at the moment no way you're in the spare room I can't cope <laughs> but you know it took about a year but managed to get through most of it but but, th- but that's the thing, you have got through, you've got through so much. So what is next, Gail? What, what have you got coming up? Oh, God, you know, I don't know. No, well, I've obviously got Spook Scotland, so we're mm-hmm. doing, we've got all the press, we start doing that, I think, tomorrow. And then I think that comes out on the 26th or 27th, I don't know, 9 o'clock, really, mm-hmm. and Discovery Plus. And um, then I'm off to do, I've got quite a lot of talks that I'm doing around the country because it's Mental Health Awareness Week coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a few talks around the country, lots of voluntary work, and I'm running 50 miles this month for um, the Samaritans. Oh, I just signed up. I don't have to do it all in one day. I just got to spread it out across the month. Oh, wow. It's a good thing. But yeah, TV-wise, I don't know. There's quite a few things in the pipeline, so... I don't know. You know what TV's like. They just sort of like say, right, we've got you down for this. And then also, I've just written something, and that's been taken by a film company, so lots of hanging around but you know i'm keeping busy and i'm doing lots of pieces and doing this cover of alopecia magazine hey long are the days of fhm and it's <laughs> <laughs> the parliament buildings <laughs> i think i'm doing monthly as well Woo-hoo! <laughs> and do you feel things are coming back do you feel that you know life is returning to some semblance of normality or do you still feel a bit vulnerable and up in the air normal. i don't think it's ever been normal so oh well, you know tv's weird they either they like you or they don't like you for whatever reason. Yeah. They change their minds. They're picky. You don't look right. You're too old. You're too young. You're not going to do this. I don't know. So, yeah, there was a really bad patch when everything went completely wrong and, you know, got divorced, lost my hair, lost my house, lost all the money that I'd ever earned. And um, had to start all over again. But, you know, I'm a firm believer in if you just got to keep going. I mean, if I could make it sleeping on benches and, it's you know, when I was in my 40s, uh, yeah, so yeah, about forty or something. So yeah, I'd worked okay for TV, and then it all just went completely yeah. wrong. And then I just didn't couldn't see a way out of it. But you know, you just keep on, and work comes back to you. And yeah, I seem to be doing okay at the moment, but I never I never get too excited because you never know what's round the corner. You well, just that's look. it. The good times never last. The bad times never last. Didn't be positive, be grateful, and um, just always. Be there for other people as well because it's amazing the amount of people that disappeared who were there mm-hmm. when i was doing okay that's and a really good life like, lesson isn't it when i was homeless and nothing nothing and then didn't hear from anybody yeah and then doing all right again and it's like oh we'll come and join you for lunch and i was like oh will you oh will yeah. you know yeah no, i had an experience you know, similar to that salt and sauce yeah gail it has been lovely speaking to you thank, thank you so much you. for oh, your no, time because every time i come up i was like right we'll definitely meet because i always have 
I tend to come up for like two days. Yeah. And then everything comes in. They go, oh, can you do this, do that? And so I, I totally end up understand. But next time I'm coming up for four days. Gives and I've only got to work one night. So that's in June. Okay, cool. Right, I'll see you. Find a bar somewhere. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I will speak to you soon, my darling. Take care. Lovely to see you. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. We get proper chips in Scotland. I keep telling these English law. It's like, what is it you and your chips? Not that I eat chips at my age because it goes straight to the hips. <laughs> I like to smell them. I like to smell Scottish fish and chips. <laughs> right, I'll you, see you soon, you love. Goodbye, goodbye them, and then I can have one. How about that? Yes, Perfect. yes. Okay, fine, fine. Lovely to Sorted. see you. Mwah. Bye, love. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.